0: Good morning. Welcome to McKnight Crossings today. And today we are honoring our seniors. Um, I mentioned this to my small group last week that we're honoring our seniors. And Glenda Smith and Elliot Grissom, they were excited. Like, really? That's cool. I'm like, wait a minute. No, we're honoring our high school seniors. Now, yeah, it might be a good idea to sometime honor our seniors. We appreciate you all being here. But today we're honoring our high school seniors. uh, Kobe Beecham, Olivia Prather, Lexi Earnhardt, and Jayla Hughes, so you fourth congratulations you've had a tough last half of high school, but you've made it, and we appreciate just your tenacity and you've made it and and God bless you as you move forward. Um, many of my comments that I'll be making today are directed to those four seniors, but everything that I say will apply to all of us so um, you seniors and you teenagers need to listen, but all everyone here you all need to. listen to what's going on here today. We've been talking about the J-curve and and just the life of Christ was the J-curve. And Jesus's life was pretty much summarized with he humbled himself and was raised up. And that's the life that we're trying to imitate. And, you know, at baptism, you die to yourself and you're raised to newness of life. Um, You know, the dying rising should be a summary of our entire life. And it was a a summary of of the life of Christ. Philippians chapter 2. It was a very special uh, passage for me when in 1975, I was a junior in high school going to Harding Academy, and a girl named Sue Coker comes up to me and she says, Steve, I found this passage in Philippians 2. It is amazing. And I really have never had a, a peer come to me with a scripture that they were excited about. And so she she read the verse 3, 4, and 5, and it says, Do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. What a powerful three scriptures. And as a teenager, it was very practical and applied very well to relationships, which, which, which is what I was about when I was a teenager. You know, today, as we read Scripture, there are many Scriptures in, which have been talked about by Brad and by Jeff, that just so many paradoxes out there in Scripture that are kind of go along with the theme of the J-curve. Um, you want to be great? Be a servant. Value others better than yourself. Love your enemies and do good to those that hate you. Someone take your coat, give them your shirt also. Someone slap you on one cheek, give them the other one also. Do good and love those that don't love you. In fact, Jesus said, if you do good to those that do good to you and you love those that love you back, that's what the pagans do. So Jesus has called us to a much different level in our living. And he's called us to live the Jesus life, the J-curve. Your life, it's not about self-promotion. But rather, you're called to serve others in Jesus' name. Your value is not measured by how impressive you are, but rather serving Jesus in and of itself is significant. Your identity is not what you've created on social media. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. Period. And so Philippians 2 talks about having the same attitude as Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Back when I was in college, somebody introduced me to a, a book. It was called In His Steps, written by Charles Sheldon. Anybody here ever read the book? Well, I'm on tape, so I can't see. But anyway, it was a book that, one of the most popular books of all time. It had, it had been printed over 50 million times. Really, a, a very impressive book, and it's one that had a big impact on me. In fact, this one here, uh, it was it was written by Charles Sheldon back in 1896. He was a pastor in Topeka, Kansas, and he would write one chapter a week, and he would preach about it on Sunday nights. And at his small church, every week more and more people would come to listen to the next chapter. It was then published in the newspaper, and they didn't do the copyright laws correctly, and so many printers took that and made books and sold over 50 million copies of, of that book. Just a very a great book. In fact, you may remember the term WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? Well, that started in the late 80s, early 90s with a youth group somewhere, and they started making the bands, and it just became a fad for everyone, WWJD. Well, that came from this book, In His Steps. And the story goes about this book that um, Henry Maxwell was a pastor in Topeka, Kansas. So he was, he was a pastor in this book, in the novel. And he was, one Saturday his wife had run out to do some errands and he had two more hours to finish up his sermon for Sunday morning. And he was preaching from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, which says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So he was struggling with how to finish it, he had some time and was working on it, and then he gets a knock on the door. So he, he, he's up on the second floor and he looks out and sees it's um, somebody that's homeless. Back then they called them tramps. And so the, the homeless guy uh, is there knocking on his door. Um, Pastor Maxwell goes down, opens the door, and he talks about he hasn't worked in 10 months. His wife had just died in a tenement, and he was in town. Looking for work, if he knew of any. Well, and, and Pastor Maxwell didn't have anything for him, and he said, "I'm really sorry, I don't have anything, uh, but um, I'll be looking for th- some things for you." And he went up back upstairs and finished the sermon. The homeless man went out and did his thing. So the next morning, uh, Henry Maxwell preaches his sermon from 1 Peter 2:21, and he finishes it up, and then all of a sudden at the end, this man that was homeless comes up to the front. And he just talks about how nobody really cared about him and wondering about them being serious about being a Jesus follower. And then right when he finishes, he collapses. So they take him to the hospital. He's in the hospital. Henry Maxwell goes and he just stays by his side most of that week. And that Sunday morning, he dies. So then that Sunday morning, Henry Maxwell gets up and preaches a sermon continuing on 1 Peter 2.21. And then he gives this challenge, which is the story of, of the whole book he challenged his congregation to go 1 year and before they made any decisions or did anything they would ask the question what would Jesus do and their conclusion would be what they would have to commit to doing so he invited the church to do it and told them if anybody wants to take this challenge meet him in his office after that sermon so there were a few people that went in there and they and that's the story you had Rachel Winslow who was a great singer And uh, she was uh, one that was trying to decide what she should do with her career. You had a a man who was the the owner of the newspaper. You had a a couple of great businessmen. And the decisions they made is what was the basis of the book. Great book. And it was written, again, 125 years ago. And some of the things that they had to make decisions about, quite frankly, today, we don't see as being hard decisions for us. But it was a great book to get me thinking about what would Jesus do. Now, the question is, our goal isn't WWJD, what would Jesus do, but our goal is what it says in verse 5 of Philippians 2, having the same attitude as Jesus Christ. And in my walk, I learned that I had to ask the question, and do more of the question, of which I fail every day. And that gets us to, I'll call it WWJA. What was Jesus's attitude? The big difference between doing what Jesus would do and having the attitude that Jesus had. And again, that's our goal. And, and seniors, I wanna encourage you as you become a Christ follower to ask that question. What would Jesus do? And when you go off to college, uh, to continue to ask that, that question, uh, what would Jesus do in, in the lunchroom? What would Jesus do in the dorm? Just all of those types of things. And then you go back to verse two and three about don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others better than yourself. Very, very important things and a, very much a part of discipleship that we have in following Christ. And Kobe, Lexi, Jayla, and Olivia, we hope at this church that you will decide to be a Christ follower. It's a very important decision to make. We hope that while you were here, you saw Christ followers that were attractive to you, wanting to live that kind of life. But um, three points here about being a Christ follower. Following Christ, number one, the following Christ means examining the life of Christ and deciding to follow his example. So first you've got to examine his life. How do you examine his life? I've got two things for you here. First, spend time reading the Gospels. Let that be a priority for you right now. You've got the Old Testament, you've got the letters, but focus. I had a guy that challenged me in, in high school and college to spend half of my time reading the Gospels. And you read about the life of Christ that gives you the power to do the things that are written in the letters. And I never forgot that. So spend, a, spend some time, maybe this next year, and maybe you're freshman year of college, spend half of your time in your Bible reading, reading the Gospels and getting to know Christ. And when you do that, you will then be able to understand what Jesus would do and put yourself in his situation. Um, and the second thing is, look At some of the Christ followers around you. Maybe it's in this church, people that you know. And they will help you understand more deeply about Christ. Second thing, following Christ means welcoming struggle and disappointment so that you can see Jesus more clearly. You know, when you're gonna be a a follower of Jesus, you're gonna have struggles. You go off to college, you may fail a test. You may have a broken relationship. You'll have many disappointments, some, some of them drastic, severe disappointments. And when you have those, I would challenge you to ask this question. God, what are you teaching me here? And ask that question and just let God continue to, see, to, to teach you in those situations. And I really hope being a part of this church and with your family, that we have prepared you for what's coming up. I hope at this church you saw love. I hope that you saw committed Jesus followers. And I hope that you saw even when people disagreed, they loved each other and worked it out. That is something that, that, that's very important. And quite frankly, in um in, in this climate, it's sometimes it's difficult to disagree and to work it out. Third thing, following Christ means you're gonna treat people differently. People will differ, like I said earlier, on many topics, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's politics, whether it's climate change or racial justice, you're gonna have disagreements. And I would encourage you, be a Jesus follower and really have the attitude of Christ, even with those you disagree with. We need that more now, especially in today's world. If you disagree with somebody, don't write them off, but love them. Be humble. Be kind. Show empathy and respect. And let me encourage you, here's an important part of that, listen. You disagree with them, listen more to to their perspective. You'll learn, and they will feel like they've been heard, which makes all the difference in the world. Finally, as a Christ follower, even small things that you do matter if God is at work. There's a, an article I read by Michael Thompson. I, I didn't really like the, the article all that much, but the last sentence he wrote, I was very impressed with, and I'd like to read that to you. We all have big dreams. We all want to be respected and treated as unique individuals. We often forget, however, that our lives aren't measured by how many people inspire us, but rather how many people we inspire. And the beauty of this is that it doesn't have to be something that we consider big. One smile at a time, one compliment at a time, one warm gesture, at a time. This is how we change the world. And I, this is how we have an impact on people's lives. And as a Christ follower, I hope that you're committed to following Christ wherever he leads you and loving people one small thing at a time. I pray that as you go off to college, seniors, and I pray for each, each one of us here as Christ followers, we will try to have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. It's really hard and we all fail, but we can do this. Um, and don't let the decision of following Christ be a one day type of thing. One of these days, I'm going to follow Christ. Some things, some seem to think that real life will happen one day. We'll get our, our house, we'll get married one of these days. I'll have a, you know, I'll, I'll have money in the bank one of these days. The truth is, we need to live more in the present, and where Jesus says, even given a cup of cold water to somebody, they will receive their reward. The small things matter, and as a follower of Jesus, it's going to be hard, but we can do this. We can do it, one thing at a time, one small thing at a time. So I'd like to finish up with Luke 14, 11. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So seniors, thank you for being a part of this church, and we will be praying for you as you go out into this world. And and I, I'd encourage you to read this book, In His Steps, and you'll have one in, in your bag of, of goodies from, from the church here. And I, I challenge you to, to read this and to think about what would Jesus do. And from that, develop the attitude of Jesus Christ. Again, seniors, God bless you. We hope the best for you. We hope that you will see us as your church family, and we'll be praying for you as you move forward.